Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. This is episode number 302 of the Material Podcast, and I am Andy Anatko. And I'm Florence Zion. Uh, this is we had a we had a good time the other day. We had we we, we recorded the first uh, maybe this maybe this is going to be double as a product announcement because the in the course of the last month or two. Uh, the idea of doing bonus episodes has sort of like grown from something that we do as a thank you for uh, for people who have gone to relay.fm slash material and, uh, and and chosen to uh, donate money and like become a supporting member uh, of material and which leads to all kinds of good stuff for, for us. And as a thank you, we would like traditionally do like a, a couple of bonus episodes. But uh, Flo had a really great idea for like what we should do as a bonus episode. And now it's turned into something that has kind of a logo. We did the first one uh, uh, just to Monday night, just a couple nights ago. And it was so much fun to record. Uh, it's called, so it's called the, it's not a separate podcast. It is, but it is like special episodes you will get mm-hmm. as a member, but now it's called material studies in which it's kind of like a book club uh, where we, Flo and I will like have read a book or seen a movie or listened to a, a, a podcast series that's somehow related to Google and then talk about it for half hour to an hour. Uh, and we will be kind enough to let you know what that thing is beforehand so that if you want to either a pre- either pretend it's a real book club by reading the book beforehand or B pretending it's really a real book club by intending to read the book beforehand, <laughs> but not getting around to it and just listening and nodding a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Either way, it'll work fine. But yeah, no, it's, it was, it was so cool. So we, we already have the, we, I, I already started the book for the second one. I don't know if you have. Um, I am, am I'm waiting for my, <laughs> oh, that's right. You still have to my copy. Yes. Thank you. Uh, to MIT Press, it's on its way, and then I will start to dive into it. I'm I'm a little nervous because I haven't read a book in a really long time. I mean, really, since I got pregnant, I haven't really yeah. dived into a book, not even an audio book at that. So I'm kind of excited though to get into it because you had previewed it for me a little bit before we started recording our uh, material studies bonus episode and. Um, and I'm excited about like the names that I see that have authored the essays in it. So yeah, it's going to be good. And I, and I love this too, because it finally lets us like take a bite into the other sort of parallel, you know, coverage that we do here on material. Look at, look at it from more in-depth perspective. So a pod, you know, this land of the giants podcast, it's covering like the rise and I wouldn't say fall of Google, but the rise and current state of affairs of yeah. google which it's it's yeah. it's really it tells it's a series from uh, from vox and they've been doing every season is a different like large company they've already done mm-hmm. amazon they're uh, i'm sure looking around to, to apple next or microsoft next mm. but yeah and they're they're really really good what i loved about it is that and you know we don't have to re-record that <laughs> that episode today but it's it's hard it's hard to i have to set up a shot clock inside my head to say that, think of think of one sentence and then end after that sentence, and then we can move on. But yeah, the, what I loved most about uh, about the Land of the Giants podcast is that it really is as though they're trying to tell a story with consisting uh, consistent themes and characters with a beginning and a middle and and end. Even if the end is kind of like the end of The Empire Strikes Back, where there there's still a future left to go, but you feel as though you've you've heard a complete story, as opposed to mm-hmm. okay, well, yeah. okay, there are five of us who are writing the show. Um, okay, well, let's have a list of topics and we'll assign a topic to each one, and each one of us will do one episode. No, it's like no, we're, we're all going to tell a story together. That was it was just very very 
great to great to it, it was it was as binge worthy as uh, the the Tiger King. Only you don't feel quite so dirty afterward. Yeah, I I nobody was a winner in that movie. Okay, I don't care how cute you think Carol Baskin is with all yeah. her cute little tiger hippie boho look. Okay, can I, can, and can her I little just... bike. Yeah. Yes. Can, can, can I just say that as a uh, as someone who goes to comic cons a lot, I'm just there's there, there's nothing good that happened because of the pandemic. I'm but however, looking for the, the mm. silver lining in in bad situations. At least this happened at the very th- this became a, a phenomenon at the very very start of the pandemic. I mean, and, I forgot about it. You right, just and bring, you bring exactly. it up. So, I just so by by, by the time so by the time like there's a like Boston there's there's some theory that maybe if there are like uh, conventions that were supposed to happen in like October or November, maybe there might be some way of even considering putting one, but probably not. So, but if there had been comic cons last year, I'm like, Oh God, another MF or dressed as Carol bat that as Carol Baskin or oh God, another idiot dressed as the tiger King or whatever. And it's unfortunately by 2022, it'll be like, like, Hey, look, I'm Austin powers. Oh, behave. And everyone will be okay. I, I remember that thing from a long time ago that I <sighs> literally have not thought about once in a few years until Andy. you decided that you, you, you got, you got, you went to the clearance rack at the party store and found this in a poly bag for, I hate to tell you this, but Gen Z is going to continue perpetuating all actually past Gen Z. I think it's Gen Alpha now they're starting to call it. Um, It's wild. Andy, why don't we tell everybody about your good news, though? You have really good news and I'm super excited for you. And and quite frankly. A little jealous. I I, I don't want to say that because uh, tell 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 them what you want. The the good personal news is that. Uh, my my demographic group finally got eligible to receive the COVID vaccine in my state this week, uh, and so the, the lists opened up on Tuesday morning, and I have an appointment tomorrow morning at uh, like ten ish to That's get amazing. my first of two shots. And yeah, no, it was there. There comes a time where it it really started to feel like almost every single economy flight I've ever been on. Where it's like we are now boarding. Yeah, active military, par- parents with small children, members of our diamond club. It's like eighteen minutes later, and let's just settle down to anybody except for Andy Anatko can now board. Andy, you still have to you still have to rest your butt and waiting for everybody else to go ahead of you because that's how we feel about you as a society. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty I am pretty excited about that. And the, but the the weird thing is like I I have like. Again, I have not been more than two miles away from my house in a year. And so I, I was getting excited like earlier today because I realized that, oh, my God, this is the first time in over a year that I've like done the use like the, the the conventional. I'm going out into the city and presenting myself in front of people. I'm going to have to put together a little outfit. I haven't had to do that for it. Like where where you? Uh, oh, let's oh, let's make sure I check this shirt to make sure that. Oh no, see, there's a little stain there. I can't wear this shirt. Whereas for the past year, it's been who cares? No, 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 no one's going to see it. I don't care. Uh, well, you got to wear something sleeveless, of course, because you want to give them easy access to uh, that baby right there. I already that have on the chair. I, I picked out a little uh, uh, black uh, black n- name brand polo shirt. Uh, I'm going to be having. I'm going to be putting a casual blazer on top of it, mm. so that I can just sort of like fold it over my arm. And as a I'm tiara, waiting. correct? 
I don't know if I'm going to go with a tiara. I'm thinking more like a like a uh, Elizabeth Taylor sort of a bandeau with like a jewel in the middle of it. Hey, like, like listen, kind of halfway as long as you have a, a corona on your head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's I'm but so they, sorry about that joke. No, no. <laughs> There you go. I, I got that. It, it, it did take a while, but I did get that. You get. I will give you a receipt for a, a joke that was able I'm to be parsed so by an outside party. No, no. Again, uh, it's, also my Animal Crossing person is has a little tiara on right now, so it's kind of a mood. You know, yes. I've been really, really pushing that. Well, and and the, I just other, I just want to yes, go ahead. The, the, but the the other thing is that now remember that I I upgraded from my Pixel One to the Pixel Four A mm-hmm. uh, like last fall, whatever it was. I think it was like August or September. So I I. I set up this phone under pandemic conditions and it wasn't until oh, that's right. wasn't until last night that I realized what a totally different thing it is when well, okay I'm not going to be traveling I'm not going to be doing this that and the other and so I had to, oh that's right I have to now I have to have like that app that I need to ride commuter rail with and then it's ooh that's actually I'm going to be taking a, a, a city bus from here to here like ooh wow in the past year they've done away with paper tickets and now it's exclusive oh good okay so I'm going to need the phone app for that uh, I'm <laughs> I'm going to need the Lyft app I'm going to need the the Uber app uh, I'm looking forward also look while I was at it. It, uh, I was thinking about, oh, that's right. I'm going to be going to uh, running Amtrak in a few months. So I may as well put the Amtrak and having to remember all those passwords or get them out of places. I didn't, it wasn't, it, it took me a while to really realize that, wow, this is the, all this stuff that was completely natural and completely, oh, of course I would install this. Or as, as usual, I only install apps once I reinstall apps on a new computer or, or a new phone at the moment when I suddenly need it. And my God, it was like a dozen apps that I did not need simply by virtue of the fact that I wasn't traveling more than a couple of miles or on yep. foot or on bike. Yep. I had the same thing the other day. I uh, actually moved to this OnePlus 8 in last summer, right? So we were knee deep in the middle of this thing, or I guess six, seven months into this thing. And I was going through my apps, just kind of like removing some things. I've been doing some editing, you know, like offloading files, um, making sure that, you know, I'm really reclaiming my space. And holy crap, you're right. Didn't have, haven't launched the Lyft app since <laughs> God knows when is the last time I ever took rideshare. Yep. I'm just, I, yeah. It's it's going to be different. It's going to be different for our phones. Our lives will change a little bit. We'll have a readjustment period. Yeah. I, I'm not even counting on Lyft or I don't even know how well Lyft or Uber will continue to work or when it's going to be back to where it was. I'm 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 not I don't live in the middle of a city. So but I had found when I started mm. using these services, like after when I was trying to f- decide whether or not I needed to like buy buy a car after my old one finally died. I was like, well, actually, no, I never, I never have to wait more than 10 minutes to, for a pickup, even like from home. And so that was a factor in things. And now I'm have to, now I have to think about, okay, well, let's see if they're back on the road yet. Oh, and the, the other thing is that, uh, bikes, bicycles are not as hard to, hard to obtain as they were like several months ago, but they're still like a profitable enough theft item that I'm wondering, oh man, do I, I have kind of a nice, I have the sort of bike that you buy if you decided that you don't, you're not going to spend $10,000 uh, on a car so you can spend a little bit more on a bike you really like. So now I'm like, do I really want to lock that and leave it at a commuter rail station? Even You know like how, you know, bikes one? are like really hard to find right now, right? They're yeah, like sold out that's, everywhere. That's exactly what it's, 
because my husband's looking for a new mountain bike um, for the summer and he can't find anything like not even within 60 miles in a bike yeah. shop. And it's uh, it's been really interesting. Just the shortages I'm looking. <sighs> I don't know. This is just such a weird time to have experience with, along with everybody else. Andy, <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's been weird and traumatic and sucky. But uh, you getting that first shot is giving me a lot more hope than I had an hour ago. So, yeah. Let me know how you feel. I hope I hope you feel okay. I hope uh, I hear the second one is the one that's kind of the roughest. So yeah. So uh, I've got, I got we'll that have to make sure. You. I did. <laughs> the, fortunately, the 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 vaccine finder that I was I was looking for let you do searches based on the type of vaccine. <laughs> and I'm like, right. Just, I'll take anything but the Johnson and Johnson. I don't. I don't want 65. percent Just go home. I don't. I, I'm not here for 65 percent when there's a 95 percent there as well. And oh, I, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. It's it's not as cut and dried as that. But I do know. I did enough research, and I found out that 95 is in fact a much larger number than 65. And on that scientific basis, I did not want to get. The, see, I, you do need to know math to become a journalist. You see. <laughs> you will you'll use everything you learn as you come up uh well we're gonna we're gonna take a break uh so but stay tuned because we have enough we have, a, we have a pretty pretty nice show uh today uh in the news uh the oracle versus google lawsuit ended after 10 years we will give you the yeah. uh, selected highlights and the the start the instant replay of it uh good news about the upcoming pixel 6 getting a new cpu and a new cpu strategy uh, google has announced google io and how that's going to work uh, and after that uh, i have had the nest home hub now for the for a full week we'll tell you about how that was working and we're going to say so long and thanks to all the fish to lg who has decided that perhaps it there it has a destiny and perhaps that destiny does not involve making phones but we'll be back after this break this episode of material is brought to you by privacy.com privacy is a tool that makes it easy to manage your financial lives online while keeping your most important information secure by generating virtual numbers privacy masks your bank information so you never have to worry about giving it out to people you don't know online you guys know that I have like this really weird affinity for being on eBay late at night and buying like all this vintage Sanrio stuff and miniatures and Tamagotchi. And you guys know I'm buying stuff from some weird places, right? Um, and from some, you know, uh, not so reputable, dubious websites. Well, in those situations, I love to use privacy because it lets me... Uh, like you heard, spoof my credit card number so that it's not getting passed around the information superhighway. Uh, and it's kept nice and secret behind a little token that only privacy knows uh, when I'm going and dealing with a transaction. Take back control of your payments. Decide who can charge your card, how much, and how often. And you can close those cards at any time. Plus, you can make sure that you are never accidentally billed twice or upgraded to another service without your consent. And privacy is partnered with the good folks at 1Password. So you can create, use, and save privacy cards directly within your 1Password dashboard. All virtual cards created in 1Password will have the same security benefits as your other privacy cards. And you can set spending limits, create single-use or merchant-locked cards whenever you want. Head to privacy.com material and sign up for an account. New customers will automatically get $5 to spend on their first purchase. Go to privacy.com slash material and sign up now. Our thanks to Privacy for their support of this show and Relay FM. 
Well, it's nostalgia time, fellow sensation seekers. Back to those halcyon days of 2011 when flagpole sitters swept the swept the, the cultural consciousness. A little show called Beverly Hills 90210 was creeping its way up the Nielsen. And America was starting to fall in love with a young comic named Jerry Seinfeld and his bunch. Uh, and also, uh, this is a time I, I might have my dates off. I didn't actually do any research here. Uh, but uh, so this but 2011 was also when Oracle uh, decided to sue Google uh, because of uh, they claimed that everything that Android is based on, i.e. Uh, it's based on a Java framework, that uh, Google had stolen the application programming interface from uh, from Oracle, who originally devised and developed Java, and that they owe them $9 billion uh, plus uh, as a plus. result of this. And f- this has been like uh, another bit of nostalgia and sensation seekers, but this one for real. Uh, if you saw the old show Moonlighting uh, with a young puckish uh, Bruce Willis who still had uh, some of his original hairline, they they had the over the course of, this, of the entire series they had this thing called the Ansel- the Anselmo case. They would simply mention that they're still working on that would simply never end. This <sighs> has been the, the the Google versus Oracle lawsuit has been. Tech journalism's Anselmo very, case. Very, very young Bruce Willis, by the way. Very young. Just still, still quite modest. Pre, pre diehard even. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's incredible. But it, the Supreme Court heard the final appeal, and uh, from Google, they overturned lower court ruling. So officially now it is over. Uh, the Supreme Court said to said to uh, Oracle. No, this is this is fair use copyright. They didn't steal your. They didn't steal anything from you. Uh, this is very, very much in the spirit of what copyright is meant to do. Uh, it You're was, just mad they made way more money than you. Come on. Yeah. So can't you just can't you stop fighting and just admit that you love each other? Just yeah. kiss each other and get it over with, for God's sake. <laughs> Again, another, another. See that moonlighting reference absolutely has weight. That I didn't I didn't plan that, but it simply came out. Civil well. Shepherd, by the way, is also in that. So yeah, that was uh, I, okay. I'll, this was the I'll put the shot clock up on, on mentioning this, but part of what I enjoyed so much about moonlighting was reading so much about how absolutely pissed off she was that Bruce Willis became a mega superstar and she simply got paid for five, six, seven seasons. <laughs> that, that was, and it wasn't like, Oh gosh, well, you know, Hey, it's nice to be on a hit TV show, but it's Injustice. like, no, she was like, no, you were, you are going to, you're going to kiss my boots, Mr. Producer. And if I, if I'm going to, if I'm going to, if I want to shut the production down because the cold water in my trailer isn't cold enough, just to prove that I have influence, that's what I'm going to do. So that's what I was going to But let's get back. But back to the news. So this was a, this was an interesting thing to follow, partly because of because of two behemoths that kind of hate each other. Uh, it was the, the the Popeye and Bluto of cloud computing, really, when it comes to it. They're just Bluto is uh, Oracle, by the way, and Google is Popeye. <laughs> just in case you need. There you go. Visuals for that. I, I I can't see olive oil ever throwing over for uh, for, for Oracle at all. The <laughs> I'm nodding so, yeah. in agreement. By the way, for <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but it, the, one of the reasons why we were following this so much was that it the, it it was it was going to settle a pretty important principle, which is that is the application programming interface of a language of a system is that in itself copyrightable, or is it just a mm-hmm. mechanism that gets you to the stuff that's copyrightable? Because otherwise, you couldn't create like a version of 
uh, of a pro of basic or uh or uh, or any other language that uses like similar HTML. terminology let yeah, me or, copyright html yeah or, or python where it's like you mm -hmm. have the code that that constitutes python but the the language format the the, the idea being that the reason why google cop the decision was that google copied this stuff from java not to screw Oracle out of out of uh, out of licensing fees, but because it would help developers understand start off understanding a system that mm -hmm. they already uh, have some sort of a formal understanding in. Uh, they the in the decision which was six to two, uh, they wrote that Google took quote only what was needed to allow users to put their accrued talents to work in a new and transformative mm -hmm. program. Uh, mm -hmm. Nice piece of coincidence here relate, related. Uh, CNBC reported this week that uh, Google is also going to be moving uh, all of Alphabet and Google's own core financial services uh, from the, the the internal software they use to keep track of their own money. They used to use Oracle, and they're going to move. They're moving to standard and poor software uh, starting in May. Uh, and I think I saw a, a figure saying that this represents uh, this represents hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue that now is not going to be uh, realized by Sun. They uh, mm. analysts are saying that has it has nothing to do specifically with uh, with this judgment, uh, but they do say that there is so much bad blood between the two companies. Uh, latest uh, one of the biggest ones was so uh, Sun uh, refused to certify uh, Oracle database apps. Like so, if you're a big company, you write. Uh, platforms in using the Oracle database software. They've refused to certify the Oracle database code that would work on Google Cloud servers uh, when, because they're trying to, they're trying to uh, blunt the development of uh, Google Cloud services over Oracle's own hosted, hosted mm, services. Right. And so they off, they forced Google to offer a bare metal solution so that it wouldn't have to work under uh, virtualization. So it could actually work on, uh, work on, you know, bare hardware uh, to work around the licensing problem. So again, the, the, the Popeye versus Bluto fight will continue to go on in large and in small uh, until perhaps a teenage Googler falls in love beyond all reckoning with a teenage Oracle employee. Uh, although their love is forbidden, the heart, heart wants, wants, wants what it wants. There'll be some sort of a scheme for them to escape their, their corporate families that will result in both of their deaths, which will cause the heads of both those families to say, good God, what have we been fighting for all these times? It is time to make peace, not war. A little Shakespearean, but again, Shakespeare is in the public I, domain. They can, they can do like this. I would I, we need this in Silicon Valley, really. We need a good old <laughs> Romeo and Juliet love story. Um, I was just trying to find a way to make a quip about uh, Larry's America's Cup. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, I forgot he was he was a boater. It's in. I think it's it's in New Zealand or Australia right now. I don't know, but there have been folks complaining about <laughs> the America's oh. Cup. Which, yeah, it's which makes me think of Oracle. An Australian prison colony. Uh, a few more stories, though. Uh, good news about the Pixel 6. I talked to... I talked to um, very good ago, news. Very good news. I talked a minute ago about how... What, about the buying the 4A. One of the reasons why I went with a $350 phone instead of like a $1,000 Pixel 5 or an iPhone. <laughs> or OnePlus at this point. OnePlus, exactly. Uh, or Samsung, anything with a good, right. with a, with good storage. Uh, is that uh, if it's it was definitely going to be a rebuilding year 
2020 for <laughs> for Pixel, and uh, I was hoping that I would see something really, really good in 2021. We might be getting that. Uh, there's a report that uh, the Pixel 6 will use a brand new Google-developed system on a chip instead of buying yeah. something off the shelf. Uh, yeah. 9to5Google uh, got access to a report, and they says, according to this report, the false Pixel phones will be powered by a new system on a chip platform uh, that Google has co-developed with uh, Samsung, uh, and the platform is being called Whitechapel. Yes, it's based based on uh, Samsung's Exynos uh, uh, chip design. So it's not, so it's it's like they're being like Apple, certainly, in that they are, instead of buying something off the shelf from Qualcomm or whatever, they're saying, we're going to design something that is specifically and appropriately for what Android has to do or what Chrome OS has to do. And we're going to be popping out individual examples of this chip for every device that we do. Um, I, I, the the code name or the name of the specific chip that's going to be used in the Pixel Six is the GS one hundred and one, which could mean that Google is doing something cute and they're going to brand all of its in-house CPUs as GS or Google Silicon, uh, just as Apple has their own Apple Silicon. Don't yeah, know, but, but GS is also Galaxy S. I'm just saying. Oh, uh, Glenia Marsonite, perhaps. <laughs> Who knows? George George um, Siegel, George Siegel, who died uh, died earlier the earlier this year. Maybe it's a tribute to George Siegel from uh, Sure, Sure. Uh, just shoot me. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, this this could be really really good news because it's pretty easy for any observer to see that one of the big advantages that Apple has had in its phones and its tablets and now in its, uh, in its, uh, in its Macs is the ability to tailor a specific system on a chip, a specific uh, CPU specifically for what this device is supposed to do and getting far, far better performance than what they would expect from anybody else. So that's, so I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen at the end of this year. Yeah. A lot of people are really excited about this. I think for me, it's really exciting because I'm, I'm just thinking about how, um, first of all, I think somebody at Google was probably like this hardware division needs to start making some money. So tell me what like the long end, you know, game of this is. And I think that this is why we've been waiting a little bit with all these sort of mediocre launches. Sorry, but the last couple of pixels have been a tiny bit mediocre, um, even though they've really tried. And so seeing this coupled with all of the information that we have about how Google is moving a lot of that AI processing, you know, onto the chip, you know, away from the cloud. I could really see Google like, you know, digging its heels in this, using this as like a, see, we, there's no privacy concerns here because everything is done on the chip, just like on your iPhone. Um, (laughs) And then imagine if they started shopping this with Samsung to other phone makers and they started to say, hey, you want Android to run its very best? Why don't you consider our uh, silicone uh, chips here? That's a good, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Particularly if they could link it to- I can't take full credit for that idea, by the way. Um, I think somebody brought that up in my Discord. So shout out <laughs> to whoever it was. But, shout out. But yeah, yes. that, that, that is an interesting idea, particularly if they could tie it to, uh, instead of saying that um, we're as a, one of the advantages of owning a Pixel branded device is knowing that as soon as the new version mm-hmm. of an OS goes out, I will get it day one. If Google were to say, by the way, any any uh, any device that runs on Google Silicon will get will be will be getting a day one mm, updates. Uh, as yeah. they, don't, they don't have to wait for Samsung to recompile anything. They don't have to wait for Motorola to recompile anything. They don't have to wait for LG. Okay, well they will not have to wait for LG to Ouch. recompile anything because they're getting completely out of the business. But I'm getting away from myself. Um, lastly, a couple of. Uh, 
pandemic related announcements from yes. Google. Uh, first of all, Google I.O. has been announced today. It's going to be held from the 18th through the 20th of May, and it's going to be an all virtual event. Did you register? I have not registered. I registered. I'm already, it's already in my Google calendar, in my family calendar. Um, I have an idea. There's like, they have a whole thing with like, you collect badges. Um, So I have a feeling they really thought about this and how they were going to implement it this year. So I'm actually just super excited to like, see what they come up with. Cause this stuff is, Google is pretty good at, like this stuff is fun. Okay. We, We can have fun with this. And I'm, I'm excited to take that ride. Yeah, it's you got to you got to think that the stakes are high. Uh, it, they were high for Apple when they decided to do an entirely virtual WWDC True. last year. Remember that Google decided that no, we're not even going to do a virtual event. We're going to take all the announcements. It and was stuff just too soon to everything closing down. Exactly. I bet you they they probably had like Mountain View already booked and everything, and they were like, yeah. "That's it, oh, yeah. just set it down." Remember that. Remember that. Uh, traditionally, it happens in mid-May, so that was probably not a good time to try to. Traditionally, the world. it happens on my birthday, which is May nine. So I actually really appreciate that this year they decided to do it um, a whole nine days after my birthday. So thank you, Google. Yes, that for was, not that... making me work on my birthday. <laughs> exactly. Because because it is all about me. But anyway, no, no, it's it's <laughs> you have to take put on your own oxygen mask before you take care of other passengers. Exactly. That's a, that's a very very good. Uh, yeah. If if uh, but what I was getting at is that if uh, Google, this is an opportunity for Google to show how good they are at the sort of services they're trying to get everybody else to rely on. Because if if they can't if they can't do an entirely cloud based. A meeting of 10,000 people with sharing video, sharing documents, communications, one-to-one uh, briefings, one-to-one uh, seminars and stuff, then they may as well, you know, have handed everything over to Oracle. <laughs> they, this they, is a they, really good they point. Do this. this is a really good point because, you know, they they knew that we were going to be fully ready. We we're going to be fully vaccinated, even though I know like MWC is saying like, we're going to open Spain to allow people to come cover this show. Like Google was not going to do that. Right. Yeah. Um, and they weren't going to rely on anything opening in the state of California, which, which is, you know, was a good move. Uh, so this, this is right. You're right, Andy. This is a way for them to really flex their virtual muscles. Cause I don't think we're going to be in person until next year. So this year, this year, we, I'm still going to be watching these tech companies to see how they, how, how creative they are. The still, still a dog and pony show, but the dog and the pony will be on your desktop via augmented reality. There's a one last thing that was kind of kind of disappointing, maybe depending on how you look at it. So remember how uh, earlier in the pandemic, Google was saying there, there was some. I think there was actually an interview with Sundar Pichai a few months in, saying, "Well, the thing, well, we're we're dealing very well with remote people working remotely, and it might really affect right. how we think about work the workforce in in the future. We might make some things permanent." And okay, I hope people weren't too excited about that because. Uh, according to a company mi- company wide memo that I think CNBC got a hold of, uh, Google plans to start reopening its worldwide offices this month uh, solely on a voluntary basis. It'll be open right. if you want to come into work in the office, you are perfectly welcome to do so. Uh, vaccine proof of vaccination will not be required. That hmm. might that might influence some people's thinking, but uh, that's not the weird new, odd news. Uh, but uh, be, the odd news is that starting September first. 
It's no longer voluntary. Uh, Starting September 1st, employees who wish to work from home more than 14 days out of the year will have to apply specifically for permission to do so. Furthermore, uh, work at home for durations of more than 12 months are only going to be granted under exceptional circumstances. So it looks like they very, very much want to return to the 2019 work model, which seems... Uh, even even if they hadn't been sort of waving towards the idea of moving forward with uh, a, a more modern approach to to workspaces as they had in 2020, you would like to think that they had learned enough from this year long experience to know that well, this isn't the third rail that we thought it was. We can allow certain mm. uh, certain uh, levels of employees, certain divisions to work from home because it seemed to work perfectly fine. We will you, you will still unfortunately have to be paying. Uh, Southern California real estate values because we will still need you to come in a couple of days a week at least. But we will ha- you will be there will be many days in which your your wonderful Google internal Google scheduling app will say that oh by the way this uh, there, there's an orange dot on this uh, on this square in the calendar because it looks like if you want to stay home you're perfectly welcome to do so because you have no obligations. You would love to see something like that, particularly if it was something they could then integrate into the services they're selling to other people to say if you want to. If you want to uh, get, if you want to be more in step with how employees want to work in the future, we will make it so that we will, we have the software component in our, in our office calendaring software that basically as soon as, as as soon as a stock goes from, uh, from orange to red, that means that no, 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 you can't, you you have to come in today. There's no way you can't do that. But here is an orange dot, meaning that it's up to you. If you want to come in, come in. If you don't want to come in, that's fine too. Just go, just telecommute. That would have been so such a wizard sort of thing for them to try to do but hopefully we'll see but oh well yeah oh well i'm not going to work yes. <laughs> i'm staying at home so <laughs> i don't have to ride a bus i don't have to take exactly. a bus i don't have to get on a train or a plane <laughs> or a bike yep speaking of oh well we'll be talking yes. about lg after this break this episode of material is brought to you by technology untangled you know Finding a podcast to listen to is like finding that perfect pair of pants at the store on sale that you just want to wear all the time. And you know, it's like that with a podcast that you fall in love with. You just want to listen to it every week. I think you might feel that way about Technology Untangled. Hosted by Michael Bird, Technology Untangled is a show that deciphers text rapid evolutions with one simple question in mind. What's really going to shape our future and what's going to end up in the bargain bin with the floppy disk? One of the latest episodes focuses on the future of work. Now, I was a little unnerved by the discussion of job displacement by automation and robots, but it's the kind of topics that need to be discussed. Technology Untangled's host, Michael Bird, does a great job explaining why what he's telling us is a little scary, but necessary. And uh, it's got a nice soundtrack to it as well. This is the kind of podcast you could share with a friend if you want them to uh, think a little further on a topic or it's something that you can eat up every week uh, just to get a little bit of a head of the curve. Past guests include people from Google, Sainsbury's, Aston Martin, Red Bull Racing, Goon Hilly Earth Station, The New York Times, and Nokia. And to give you an idea of episode topics, you can expect a deep dive into 5G, which untangles the who, what, whys, and hows of 5G and what it means for you, 
how supercomputers are helping us with the fight against COVID by sifting through billions of molecules to look for drugs to repurpose, along with AI and the future of jobs, that was the episode I just mentioned, and episodes on energy innovation and mission to Mars. You are spoiled for choice. Search for Technology Untangled anywhere you listen to podcasts, and we'll include a link in the show notes. Our thanks to Technology Untangled for their support of this show and Relay FM. Well, LG made kind of a startling announcement uh, recently that uh, apparently the LG Wing, uh, that was their uh, their involvement in the folding phone dynamic where it's two screens sort of stacked one on top of the other and one of them flips sideways to become sort of a T-shaped device with a horizontal screen and then another second square screen. Um, apparently it was, a, it was a much, much bigger success than any of us thought because they have declared that with the LG Wing... They have achieved all that is possible for LG or any other company to achieve in the field of smartphones and that to lie to consumers by pretending that any further development of the smartphone concept is even possible is against their ethics, against their nature, that they feel as though they've accomplished everything that they set out to accomplish in the field of smartphones, and they're going to be reassigning their entire smartphone team uh, to tackle some of the problems that still exist in LG dishwashers. They feel as though they have they make a great dishwasher, but they don't make an LG wing level dishwasher yet and they want to reassign all of that workforce towards that project and i say uh, good for them it's a good uh, the best artist knows when to put down their tools it's a uh, jerry seinfeld decided to quit uh, the the seinfeld show at the top of the, the ratings game uh, johnny carson certainly had some uh, several good years left in him he decided that there's a time when you can go you can take your bows and go out when they're everyone's still begging you begging you to stay on for another few years and so they they're going out the the, the classy way at least that's the way that i i interpreted all of this what do you what do you think flo did you hear me rolling my eyes i don't know if you heard me at, at, at what all the lies that i just told okay. uh just just that i mean I mean, look, Andy. I, I hope I hope it wasn't rolling the eyes at the way that I sold the lies because I'm very proud of how I sold it. No, the lies, of course, really are just well. liable lies built entirely on lies. Yeah. No. It, listen, I I have an affinity for LG. Okay, I've spent a lot of time with them in my life, and um, I haven't really had a chance to bid my adieu to the phone company. So I was kind of hoping that I could take up our airtime. Uh, specifically for me to just kind of have like a quick little walk down memory lane with all the LG phones that, you know, helped me get to where I am today because really it's because of, of yes. Yeah. I just want to, by by the way, when I said it was all lies based on lies, LG really has announced that they're done with, yes, uh, with smartphones. Yes. So don't, don't think they that it, was, it was an April Fool's sort of thing. They really are no, no, pulling no. out of the mar- of the phone market. Yeah. They didn't so, even announce this on April Fool's. They announced it on they, Sunday, actually. They, would, they wouldn't have dared to, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, Sunday slash Monday morning Korea time. And so LG announced it's officially shuttering its business. It's saying goodbye to all those Android smartphones that have sprinkled the market. <laughs> and sure, some of those releases were a little misguided, but uh, you can't fault them for trying, can you, Andy? <laughs> Again, though, the wing was a hell of a try. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was. It was definitely it, a, that was such a nice try. No, it I was. I could see how was. well you were trying out there. Yeah. Now let's go get some Baskin Robbins. Yeah. Ultimately, they decided that pumping money into the smartphone 
division wasn't going to be like the best use of resources. So they're going to put that money elsewhere. You know, their appliances, as we said, um, I have LG washer and dryer. I love them. I, they're my second set. So I, I highly recommend an LG washer and dryer. Um, now existing LG phones will continue to receive support and software updates for a while, but your best bet is to only consider those phones in like a fire sale. Don't consider getting one because you want it as your daily driver. And, you know, I think they're going to have Android 11 and Android 12 coming to those phones. But again, don't bet on it. Okay. Just buy one for your collection. If you, if you find, <laughs> if you find one that's such a really great deal that you think, gee, as a media player or like a thing, as a thing to watch uh, videos on during my commute for $60. Yeah, LG without, makes great screens. Yeah. It's, <laughs> they, they make the screens that they write the songs that make the whole world sing. They, they're, they're found so many other devices, but yeah, yep. no, I'd not, not unless, not unless well under like a hundred dollars would I consider buying an LG anything. Well, okay. A wing, it was such a bizarre product. If you that can I would... get it like five hundred, and you have that kind of money to spend, okay. you should get one and put it in your in your library of phones. I'm just telling you, this is going to pop up on eBay in a couple of years because nobody you. will believe you when you try to describe. No, seriously, this is what they came out with the LG. Oh gosh, no, Andy. no, I, I have one here. Oh yeah, Okay, so I want. I'm going to be linking to an Engadget article in our show notes by Chris Velasco. Um, he took us through a journey of some of the company's best phone releases. Andy, I put the link there in the show notes for you as well. And I really was inspired by this, and I wanted to kind of add my own take. So I'm going to very quickly run you through some of my favorite LG phones. Um, here we go. Okay, so number one was the LG VX uh, 80. 83090, excuse me, 8300, the LG VX 8300. Now this was a flip phone. Okay. I'm taking it way before Android here. Cause that's where my history started with these people. First phone with Bluetooth, 1.3 megapixel camera. I mean, video capture and playback and 3GP file. Come on guys. LG was ahead of the curve. Trying to <laughs> like 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 James Dean in his sports in his Porsche was very much ahead of the curve. He should have been on the curve. He'd still be alive today, maybe. I just I'm really disappointed in myself because I thought <laughs> of the other James Dean. I thought of the porn actor James Dean, and I'm really sorry that I went there. That I thought that that's who you were talking about. Anyway, uh, the LG VX9800, the V. Now this had a color outer display, a 300 by 256 pixel landscape inner display. And on this, I used to write live journal posts and check my Yahoo mail on, on the very like text only mobile web. It was fantastic. And you know what guys, it only cost me $5 a month on my bill back then. <laughs> That's how much the internet cost. Um, I want to bring up this phone because it was such a sturdy build. Like the reviews of it said that it was such a sturdy build. I dropped it from the second story, my second story apartment balcony by accident. This is, I had put it on the ledge. I accidentally went like this. It went, you know, and, uh, the only thing that broke were a couple of, uh, pieces of plastic on the corners. It like still worked and everything still usable. Amazing. Um, sadly I lost that phone when my purse was stolen off the back of my chair in a mall in downtown San Francisco. So then I got the LG NV VX 9900. This one came in a variety of colors, orange and green and silver. I had the (laughs) orange one. I still have it in a box and it's actually something that I really cherish because it has text messages on there between my husband and I before we were together. So there's, there's uh, gonna be there's gonna be a lot of that 
and I, I mean that non-sarcastically that there's uh, I I, hmm, I I think texting on cell phones I certainly was not a teenager when that became a thing. Uh, I'm young enough that I was definitely the the young friend that taught my older that taught like adult friends of mine that hey your you know, your phone can do this thing called texting. But I my teenage my high school experience does not involve having this colorful device that flips out and I can send messages to groups of friends. So I don't have that kind of thing that's connected to my sense of uh, uh, nostalgia in a good way. And that, and just like they're going to be some people who kind of like if they if they've if they're at a yard sale and they find like oh my god this is the LG eighty four hundred like I had one of these in high school like they will if it's it's five dollars like uh, it does nothing but it makes me feel good to have this in my hands and it reminds me of good happy times so I want to own one like the same way that people. Some people, I, the same way that I want to have the laptop that uh, the yeah. computer that I had when I was when I was a teenager, exactly. or some people want to have the cars that they had when they were teenagers, or they wanted yeah. to have when they were teenagers. And that's Chris's article because Chris worked at Best Buy back in the day, and I tried to get a job at Verizon, but for some reason didn't didn't pan out. Um, but I but I was a gadget file, like I would use my upgrade every year at Verizon and like get a new phone. I would like save my money and buy myself a new phone. That was like the thing that I did for myself. And I love these phones because um, I want to give a, a shout out to LG because when you follow their trajectory into Android, and I'm going to go ahead, let's just go ahead and jump into the Android phones of it all. So they they came out with these texting phones and they were just like doing a barrage of them for Verizon when the sidekick was really popular at T-Mobile. And I wasn't on T-Mobile and I wasn't about to pay separately for a T-Mobile data plan just to have the sidekick. So I got what Verizon, whatever they would give me. Um, and then Android came into play and LG uh, sort of I stopped using LG phones because they weren't offered on Verizon. <laughs> but we had the Optimus Prime, <laughs> excuse me, the LG Optimus G Pro. I accidentally spelled Optimus Prime in my notes and I left it. It's the LG Optimus G Pro. That was their first sort of uh, uh, flagship Android phone. It was one of the first phones that I reviewed at Ars Technica. So I'm going to put that link in the show notes just to kind of flex a little bit. Okay. I, I've been on this earth for a while writing stories. Um, and that was followed by the Nexus 4, which was like a great, my gosh, that like really beautiful honeycomb glass back that it had that was also really fragile. I know a lot of people who who cracked that thing. Um, and that, of course, led us to the Nexus 5 and 5X, which were arguably the greatest Nexuses that ever lived. I agree. I, uh, I, still, the I Nexus still have my Nexus 6 5 yeah. Exactly. That was LG made, but L's, LG's peak. It was critically acclaimed, but there were things about it that didn't work out. Like maybe the picture, the photos that it took weren't the best at the time. Um, and I think, it people, also, I think it also had a problem with a bootlock I was about to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people uh, had to deal with boot loop problems, but for some reason they would still go and find another version of this phone to keep it around because they loved it so much. It was a very popular LG phone. Um, Other honorable mentions of LG phones. uh, They did the LG G flex. Remember they came out with the first quote unquote flexible display was a display. It was a POLED plastic OLED display. Very, very punchy. (laughs) <laughs> very punchable. 
Uh, LG G5 was an attempt at modularity that the company took when no one else would commit to it. Even Google wasn't committing really fully to Project Aura, though they were telling us all about it. And and uh, after LG G5, Motorola came out with its mods. So there was a bit of a fad yeah. that lasted there. The LG V60 and Velvet, those were phones that I still am using to this day because of their dual screen attachment. Um, I guess they didn't sell very well. And that's kind of where we are now. The LG Wing, as Andy had mentioned. And sadly, um, I'm going to drop a link in the show notes. You can go read it after we're done about the LG rollable display and the V70. These phones are never going to launch. We're never going to see these phones. Um, And just kind of take a look at maybe what would have been and realize this is a pretty big deal for a manufacturer to pull out and say, that's it. We're not doing this anymore. After they're already been teasing us a little bit, what was next? Yeah. It's I'm, I'm of two minds. I, the, I keep making fun of the wing because it's something that I, I, I don't think I have seen in, I don't know how many years where there is enough data about phones these days about what 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 are the weak spots in phones and as far as mm-hmm. consumers concerned what are they asking for or what what are the opportunities for innovation these days and when you see innovation you see answers to that question even the uh, foldable screens that you see in the in, in the uh, in the Samsung and other a couple other mm-hmm. devices it's not hey we did something just to look cool it's like no people there are a lot of people who spend so much time on their phones if they could have something that is compact as a traditional phone but could be converted to a tablet readily they would definitely be interested in this so we should try to develop this the wing however was from the olden days where we have no idea what people want we're let's come up with something that's just eye-catching and a huge gimmick and maybe that will make our device stand out they they i i was prepared to find out that from people who had the LG wing, I do know a couple of people who, who got one for one reason or another. It's like, okay, well, what, what is it like? Was it, uh, it, is there a use mode that you find is solving a problem? And no, there's just nothing that there's just no circumstance in which I thought, Oh, thank goodness. I have the LG wing. Cause that would have been so hard to do or so cumbersome on another phone. The, the LG rollable was another one of these things where it's, a, it just really looked like a gimmick, even in a world where, the idea of let's have a pocketable phone that could be converted into a larger sort of a mini tablet. It looked like it would never ever work. It looked like something that they would absolutely, that a company the size of LG who's in the business of building panels and displays, it looks like mm-hmm. they would absolutely build a couple of those. They would build maybe a dozen of those to just simply demonstrate, not just at CES, but also when they're having like meetings with uh, phone manufacturers and they're trying Let to- Let us roll out the display that will show you your power. Well, no, just, just like to show, well, here's, <laughs> I mean, whatever it is that your designers want to do- let we work with us because here is here is how uh, here is how big a change we can make. Here we built we built this phone that has it rolls it actually rolls out like almost like a window shade. Uh, although it could just never have worked. This specific thing could never have worked as a product because it 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 would it made your traditional sized phone uh, a gave it a slightly more square aspect ratio. So. Okay, it's mm-hmm. larger, but is it large enough to make you risk all of the 
manuf- all the mechanical things about mm-hmm. this that can fail, all the untested problems of having a flexible screen in this kind of configuration uh, as a day-to-day sort of driver, it, it would never have worked. And this this is not the sort of thing that uh, that you see th- these days. No, I, I, I'm I'm serious. It's and I, I would have been the I there there. It's rare that I will say something as dramatic as that. But for me, it's a win-win situation where either I'm giving you honest advice that hopefully if you think that you're taking – you'd be taking a big risk by doing this, here's another vote against you spending $2,000 on this first-generation product. But the other thing is that if I'm proven wrong, that's wonderful because that means I will have learned something that I didn't know, that an assumption that I've been making and making my decisions based on is something that I should definitely reevaluate because, my God, I I have the LG wing in my hand now and I can't imagine wanting to go back to my conventional – non-crazy dual display phone ever again so it's it's it just seems weird that you'd have a company that's that far uh that that's that's you want to be out of the box but you want to be think out of the box but you want to be able to see the box from where you are right if you completely lose sight of the box you're just lost <laughs> you you need to have the box tethering you somewhere hmm, hmm. Well, well we're going to ta- take another break and then I'll get to mm-hmm. honk on about my new Nest Hub version. Yay! Two. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. If you have a website, what purpose does it serve? Whether it's driving sales of your products, collecting sales leads for your business, or providing customer service with a contact form, when these critical transactions fail, you lose out on business. Not to mention the bad experience for your users. But there is a solution here. Transaction Monitoring from Pingdom. Starting at just $10 a month, Transaction Monitoring runs checks 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and will alert you when cart checkout forms or login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will notify you the moment there's a failure over SMS, email, or via your favorite apps like Slack, Ops Genie, and PagerDuty. Depending on what's being monitored or the severity of the outage, you can customize who is alerted and how they get the notification. Don't let your users discover a problem with your website. You should be the first to know, and it's super easy to get started. Just go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to buy, use our code MATERIAL at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and RelayFM. This episode of Material is brought to you by Focus from RelayFM. If you like this show, there's a good chance that you'll like Focused. Pure, undisturbed focus is something of a superpower these days. Especially with so many distractions, it's hard to stay focused during work, doing your hobbies, or even just watching TV. If you've been meaning to get focused, this is the show for you. Because hosts David Sparks and Mike Schmitz can show you how. I just listened to the ADHD and Cognitive Science episode with uh, Brittany Smith, and um, I felt called out. I did, especially uh, about the uh, the phone, the phone usage. But you know, it's it's good to kind of listen to the show and remember that you're not alone in your distractions. Get focused because life is more than just cranking widgets. Go to relay.fm/focused or search for focused wherever you get your podcasts. Well, while we were uh, in break, there I have the I have the notes here that I says it is the Nest Hub version two. I out of self-protection, I once again had to Google it just to make sure it's called the Nest Hub mm-hmm. because there's nothing about this device that seems like a hub 
to me. It's it still seems like Google Home. <laughs> so I, I I'm I'm terrified of saying the wrong thing and saying it for the entire sure. course. Sure. Please, I, I'm an expert on this, and I'm going to give you my expert opinion, even though I apparently don't know what this thing is actually. Well, called. it was Google by Nest by Google for so yeah. long. <laughs> so. From the same from the company that brought you Chromecast, <laughs> Google Chromecast with Google TV, <laughs> Google Assistant. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I ordered. So I ordered this the first day it was available because. Uh, it, it was seemed like it seemed like a big enough upgrade that it was finally time for me to sort of take take the plunge. I also thought that it was uniquely suited to a bunch of my needs and my desires for tech. So I thought, hey, and also, hey, ninety nine bucks. I don't want to I don't want to brag, but I got ninety nine bucks. I'm going to make another ninety nine dollars pretty soon. So I thought I'd, I'd go for it, and I'm very very happy with it. I've had it for a week now, and it really has filled a nice spot on my nightstand. And I'm using it every single day, as as opposed to uh, as opposed to the uh, the the Logitech smart display that I bought. Uh, the Lenovo. Few, I'm sorry. The, thank you. The Lenovo smart display that I bought uh, when it first came out several years ago, and it's in the kitchen and it does a fine job, but it just sort of sits there and it certainly never earned a spot on my nightstand. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nest Hub, the version two, does a whole lot of things that I thought uh, that kind of stand it uh, above and beyond. For one, it's it's smaller than I thought it was going to be. Uh, because That's they good. they don't yeah in the pictures they don't put anything next to it to sort of establish scale no. and the size of the bezels around it sort of are evocative of an iPad so I was kind of expecting something uh, it, it's it's this is the the size would be kind of like a a large cell phone more than a small it tablet. says seven inch width. Which yeah, means, and that's, I mean, it's 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 there. I mean, obviously, you yeah. can cut a piece of cardboard and find out what that is. But I, I thought that it would maybe dominate the nightstand a little bit, but no, it doesn't. Right. It's, it, it fits very very well. Uh, the screen is very very nice. It re- also very good at responding to light uh, because when I turn the when I turn the 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 the, uh, the the lamp on, it brightens up way way up, so it makes sure that it's still clear and it can compete with this light source that's mm-hmm. that's truly a foot away from it. But when I turn all the lights off. It's almost invisible. That was something that I've, that was a problem that I've had with other sort of smart bedside displays where yep. it, it dims, but it's still, even with my eyes closed, if the room is completely dark, you can see, okay, so here's this source of light that's off to my left. And you, you actually have to sort of focus your eyes to see it. It's, uh, it's so dim. I mean, it's readable, but it's not going to wake you up. It's not going to interfere with you. Um, and when I talk about the sort of stuff that makes it sort of a good choice for me, um, over the course of the last year or so, I've 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 changed. I, I've discovered that I don't necessarily want uh, a big, powerful, high fidelity loudspeaker mm-hmm. uh, on the TV in my bedroom, uh, or even oftentimes for listening to music. Uh, what I really, really want is a decent speaker that is like right next to the headboard of the bed. Because it's it's louder without having to make the entire room louder. It's a lot clearer. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting because I'm getting older and my my, my hearing Weren't is going. Were you trying right. that by the way with two Nest Minis? Yeah, and that that was working fine. I'd, I'd switched to uh, actually just a a, a, a very small uh, a very small Bluetooth speaker mm-hmm. uh, that worked fine, and uh, it works. I'm still I still think it's hysterically funny that you can't just simply link <laughs> this Google made 
smart speaker that is designed to go next to your next uh, on your nightstand. You can't link it to your Google made Google TV product to make it say, oh, by the way, here is a here is here is a, a Chromecast device that I want to use as a speaker output for this device. No, but it was but it will work with Bluetooth and it connects automatically and it works great for that. And the, the, the sound quality is really, really good. I do a lot of uh, the home automation stuff where mm-hmm. the first the first thing I want to do is find out like what the what the weather is outside particularly as we transition out of uh, isolation and into right yeah i have to i have to i have to go i have to spend like eight hours in the city today i need to know like how much how much clothing i need to put on that sort of thing also turning lights on and off and now i have a really nice panel that automatically does that for me i think that's really really good uh smart smart assistant features also good these are these are things i like to do from the bedside but the other thing the thing that really kind of clicked it for me and the thing that is maybe most useful to talk about is uh, the sleep tracking features. This is Yes, I yeah. want to hear all about this. Yeah, that, that's something it's something really big that they put into it uh, where they're saying that <laughs> as a matter of fact when you set it up uh, it it uses it does sleep tracking using the microphone to hear your breathing and hear your snoring or whatever other noise that you're making. Uh, but most of the, a lot of the sensing is uh, it also uses the light sensor, but it also but mostly uses uh solely the radar uh, Micromillowave radar that was put into the Pixel 4 uh, for face recognition and face unlocking. So it, when you set it up, it's kind of adorable where they actually, when they're asking if you want to set this up uh, for for sleep tracking, it will say, it actually points to the little oval that's on the top of the bezel screen where the, where the light sensor is and says, this is not a camera. Don't worry about it. We're not, okay. we're not taking hidden but video of good. you. That's good. That's good UI, Andy. Like that, yeah. I wish other things were more obvious like that. Um, and I know that Google is actually pretty good at being like the cheeky hey here's how to use this product like that's their that's yeah. their personality right of their a lot, interface a lot, they, i th- i think they've definitely been becoming more aware of uh, how much more aware people are about privacy and security because it's every time that when you walk through the setup through the Google Home app and it's walking through all the features that you can turn on. We'd like to turn this feature on. We'd like to say not now or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not just simple. It's not just a simple boilerplate. Here's one sentence that doesn't really describe what's going on. Do you want to use this or not? It's there's a every single one. It's consistent uh, presentation where underneath that little one, two sentences, there's like two or three paragraphs of plain English. I think it's actually so actually labeled what does this mean i'll say here's the data that we can collect if you have this here is here's how you can be in control of that data you can delete this data and here's how you would delete that data if you wanted to do that so everyone's being very very much informed every step of the way uh but yeah obviously i have all the sleep tracking turned on i I might have mentioned before that the i'm I'm having some problems sleeping not the not horrible problems but i'm just aware that my sleep patterns are not really predictable and I'm trying, and now I'm at the point where, okay, well let's start tracking these things to get some hard data. And I've been yes, trying, exactly. yeah, and I've been trying it with a, a phone apps, but you have to turn, you have to, when you go to bed, you have to say, okay, I'm going to bed now and make sure you remember to put the phone on the mattress with you. Um, I have the sleep tracking feature on a wearable, but that has kind of the same problems. What I really like about the sleep tracking in the 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 the, uh, the Nest Hub is that it just works. I don't it's uh, it the part of the setup is now here's where I here's where you should put up here's where you should put this device. You should put it 
no more than like maybe a foot, foot and a half from the bed, as close to the level of the mattress as possible. You obviously want to have the, the screen wow. facing. They're really your, telling you to put this next to your bed. They really yeah. like this is not like the smart clocks. This is a- right. Have, have, have it facing your, your, your chest and chest and head. Uh, all, all these little, it's, it's not like you have to like aim a missile or anything like that. It's sure. It, but, sure, but, sure. but simple things like don't put like a, don't put a vase full of flowers in front of the sensors because it's not gonna be able to figure out that. Cause what it's going to do is it, it uses the, the microphone, the light sensor and, uh, and it's, and the, uh, the solely uh, radar sensor to figure out what's going on, starting with, okay, uh, Andy is in bed. But it also figures out that he's in bed, but he's not sleeping. He's, so I'm just this is me just with my laptop, or this is just me watching a couple of movies. That has always been the bane of these sort of features for me, where I'm in bed, yes, but I don't, I don't, maybe I don't even necessarily know when I'm going to go to sleep, because what I tend to do is I will start to wind down. I will wind myself down by getting into the bed, maybe with a book I want to read, maybe with a movie I want to see. And at some point I realized that, okay, I'm really close to being able to fall asleep. I'll turn off the lights and go to bed now. Mm -hmm. But the act of, okay, now brain, I know that you're nearly at a state of being falling unconscious, but please light up all those neurons so that give me enough energy that I can find my phone, turn on this app, turn on this feature, set this thing. That's kind of ruins it for me. With this, all I have to do is just, <laughs> just, just turn off the lights and roll over and put my head in my pillow and just go to go to sleep. And when it, when you wake up the next day, it gives you a very very simple. You push a button and it gives you a very very simple uh, circle that shows you again. You were in bed from midnight until today. Actually, today. Which is which shows you the sort of problems I'm having. It which it, mm. it, it showed me. Okay, you went into bed at around twelve thirty a.m. You fell asleep. Uh, you 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 dozed from like four thirty until six, but it was light sleep. You fell asleep for good at seven thirty, and then woke up at. But noon. it got all that for just from watching you. That's pretty incredible. Right. You didn't have to wear anything. I mean, I hated, yeah. I hated the routine. Like when I brought Mona home from the hospital and I had to like pump around the clock and just having to actually wear my smartwatch to bed so he could wake <laughs> me up. I yeah. hated that. I don't want to wear anything and I don't want to put the yeah. phone on my bed. Yeah. Now I might want to buy one of these. Yeah. It, well, it's, it's not only that, but we'll also as part of that little clock chart it will say, oh, by the way, there was some noise in the room. It, it, it can tell the difference between like noise that you're making. Well, there was some noise in the room at 3:45 a.m. and by the and there was a source of light that uh, that entered at around 6:30 in the morning. And maybe you can correlate that between. Oh, maybe that's why I, I kind of, I didn't I don't remember hearing anything, but I did. I do remember being awake for a little bit, like at four in the morning. It's this kind of data that. Uh, and and we'll give you not necessarily not just your sleep score or whatever that means, but also here's how much sleep you got last night, and that's really all I was the most important thing. I'm trying. It, it became difficult to figure out that okay, am I tired? It's it's 5 p.m. and I really want a nap. Am I this tired because I hmm. didn't exercise for the past two or three days, or because I've been uh, eating like crap for the past couple of days or, oh no, it's because over the, uh, each night, l last night you got three hours of real sleep. The night before that you slept for yeah. two hours and then three hours you didn't get Sunday night was the last time you got six hours of really good unbroken sleep and sleep hygiene is a big part of that, but it's good to you. The idea of, no, I'm definitely going to turn off all the lights in the room. I'm definitely going to turn off all the screens. I'm not going to have a, a book in my bed that I have to sort of roll over to avoid, 
you, you don't know how well those things are paying off until you have something that can give you a number saying that here is how well you slept for the past two or three days. And as as we've been saying, the idea of it's all you have to do is plug this thing in, <laughs> put it on the nightstand, uh, turn on certain features, and it just simply works. It will simply observe you without having to interact with you. And that's that has been a big win. I've considered it a pretty big win over the past week. I haven't I've been very pleased with it. Turn off all screens except your Google Assistant one. <laughs> there is no God. <laughs> there is no God, but under the other than <laughs> Andy, let's check back in with you in a few weeks because I want to hear how these how this sleep tracking is going. I want to get like a long term uh, look at this thing because I bet you it's going to go on sale in a couple of months and people are yep. going to be curious about buying it. So <laughs> I'm happy you have one. No, me, me, me too. It, it is, uh, again, it hasn't been like a sleep apnea problem or it hasn't been uh, like a, a medical problem. It's just been a... It's so, just so minor that, enough that that you'll get the use out of this intended function. I've yeah, function, exactly. There's, I feel a, like. there's, there's a reason why I wear a fitness yeah. tracker and that's simply give me a number that I can follow. So, okay, here's how many steps you took today. So that, and do and Andy, do with that information wherever you want to do. And there is a reason why, like I weigh myself once a week. I'm not necessarily trying to gain or lose weight, but it says, okay, well, you are f- two pounds lighter than you present. were last week. You're being present exactly. in your body. You're figuring out what's going on. And actually, this is all a part of self-care, people. I know that yeah. data and, and privacy laws and all those surveillance state, we're all very worried about that, absolutely. But sometimes when it comes to self-care, you just need some numbers to help you make some decisions. Particularly for someone like me who like you, uh, again, you have, you, uh, you have a partner that, you know, you, that you live with. And so that if you start, wow, honey, you, I've been watching you and not only have, I've not really caught you sleeping at any point in the past three days, but I caught you putting salt into your coffee and then drinking it and not noticing you had put salt in your coffee is I'm here's here is some data do with that data what you will. I live alone. So <laughs> it can be like, <laughs> it's like the FedEx guy saying, Andy, I noticed that instead of putting on socks and shoes, you just slip your bare feet into used Kleenex boxes. Like, is is this some information? Is is there is there a downgrade to your mental health or your the amount of sleep you're getting that you might want to keep track of? Oh, my God. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. You're bringing me to those early days of Mona. Oh, dear. Oy, oy, oy. You, you did. You did make me think of one th- one thing just now. I've, mm-hmm. I bet that you're going to see sales on a lot of these things in the next couple of months because uh, uh, late this spring, early this summer, people are going to be going back to work and they're going to need to wake up in the morning again. Oh, I was going to say because people are having babies. Because I okay, know a lot of true. I know a lot of pandemic I know a lot of pandemic babies coming through, uh, which I'm very happy about. It's nice to have you know these things to look forward to. Uh, but I have to say. One thing that Google could really do to that Nest Hub, let me pair a Bluetooth headphone with it. Because hmm. I used to watch when, oh my God, those early days with Mona, and then you could see, and then you could sell it to the new parents. Yeah. Helps you get sleep. It helps you watch TV when you're dealing with a baby late at night. Yeah. I'm telling you. And also, I, 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 have, a, I have a Nest Cam. Like, excuse me. I think, it was ac- I think it was actually old enough that it was like an original drop cam that got rebranded to nice. Google. I Google remember cam. the original drop cam. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I haven't used it a lot, but now it's like if I can look out the window, if, if, I, if, I, can, if I can oh, use I it in a it. way that I can look out the window without having to get out of bed because I'm just curious to see if it's snowing or raining and simply, you know, <laughs> computer, 
on, on outside street scene on supplemental view. Andy, I do that all the Engage. time with my bedroom clock, with my little smart display clock from yeah. Lenovo. Like I like show me the front door because I want to know. Like, do I need to go all the way downstairs and like put on my robe so that I can accept this package? Yeah. And if I see that the person is no longer at the door, it means I can pick up the package <laughs> later when I'm ready. Yeah. So um, I'm telling you, a world of convenience awaits you. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's, it seems like a lot of fun for 99 bucks. I'm, yep. So I'm I'm pretty happy with it. Yep. And way safer than going to Disneyland. <laughs> At least for until right they move Disneyland out of Florida. Yeah. <laughs> way safer than going to Disneyland <sighs> for sure. I think it's going to wrap it up, mm-hmm. uh, wrap that up for us uh, for 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 this week. We did um, a lot today. We talked we a, a lot, lot today. today. We f- we f- we feel as I feel as though we had a lot to say, and darn it, we said it. That was good. Mm-hmm. Um, so once again, go to relay.fm/slash/material uh, to find out about uh, how to support the show by becoming a member. Once again, we have that almost like a mini podcast called material studies. It's not necessarily going to be going out on a specific schedule, but it's going to be going out regularly. Um, like I said, we already have our next, mm-hmm. our next book all picked out and we're working on it as we go. Uh, but it's also, you can also go to relay.fm slash material to email us with any questions, comments, observations, whatever you want. If you don't want us to read uh, an email on the air, then just let us know if you would are okay with that, but you just don't want us to tell people who you are. That's okay too. Mm-hmm. Whatever gets you through the night it's all right it's all right you can also follow us at material podcast on twitter uh and flow uh where can people follow you and see what what you're up to this week uh right now you can follow me at florenceion.com which is my website and on the social media channels that owe that flow i am everywhere and don't forget you can come join my discord we're a very happy bustling community very supportive we have a code of conduct so there's no <laughs> no shenanigans um so anybody who's interested in that please inquire within I think there should be, in, in the terms of service for Twitter, there should be just a simple blanket no shenanigans clause. Actually, you have to, uh, if you want to be part of the Discord, like, global channel so that people can find you, um, you have to have a code of conduct. So, I like that. No, oh, that's that that's excellent. That's, that's one of the reasons I think why Discord is taking off. But I mean that yeah. it would be, if I started something like that, it would be just, like, clause one, only one clause, no shenanigans. Because yes. no, no matter how someone's tried to like legally or ethically or PR wise defend that, oh, they they had no right to kick us off. And I said, okay, first of all, you're trying to get people to buy these herbal supplements that you knew weren't working, and you <sighs> played so. Uh, and that is Andy knows my Instagram algorithm is yeah. taking me down. <laughs> Some dark, dark places. Anyway. As for me, I am Anatko on Twitter, Anatko on Instagram, uh, and I'm on uh, WGBH Boston's NPR radio station pretty much every Friday afternoon with my weekly high-tech Heidi Ho. Uh, it's not called that, but once again, I keep trying to get the Heidi how, Ho! How, That's how you okay, start Okay, it's not, it's, it has kidding, nothing to I'm do with Southside. <laughs> Cab Calloway. Cab Calloway. Not the... Don't I'm ruin sorry. this for me. Yeah, I, I've already I'm already explaining how hard a sell this is to management, and you're just I'm making sorry. it worse. <laughs> but go to WGBH go to WGBHnews.org uh, to stream it either live or later on. But that is going to be it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you listen to us again. And until then, please have a happy, safe, and healthy seven days, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.